of scientists have just hit the energy jackpot. I name you license to print money. Money! Uh, turn right. But a gang of thieves discovers their secret. Do you know who the hell they are? Yes, two thieving traitors. There's a million pounds at stake, Michael Caine and Roger Moore in a hilarious comedy of duplicate, outrageous characters. Case of mistaken identity. Cheers. Cheers. With a few minor complications. You'll never guess who I've got tied up in my cabin. Only you would think about sex at a time like this. This is it, Heckler. CIA. There's a dead steward in my room. You've got one too. I can't believe those two bums are still alive. Michael Caine, Roger Moore. And Michael Caine and Roger Moore. Star with Sally Kirkland. In a comedy guaranteed to bring down the house. Are you sure you can drive this thing? A Michael Winter film. <laughs> okay, so that's not this week's film. In fact, I've not even seen that film, but I remember it from way, way back when it first came out, when, when, when it saw it on video or on a cassette in a... In a in a store when it uh, when it was released and uh, and it was trailed before one of this week's films and I'd kind of forgotten about it as pretty much I'd forgotten about this film as well um, and well I had to play it I had to record it because its its ridiculousness is only matched by the kind of amateurness amateurness of the trailer uh, bullseye what what a pile of absolute rubbish but you know it looks so bad that I've got to get hold of that one so um, I've actually I'm I'm going to put the trailer on my blog if you want to see it it's uh, it's just as bad as it sounds. Anyway, welcome to another double dose of Movie Mugness. Uh, two films from my rapidly ageing and uh, quite decaying now VHS collection, which uh, hasn't really seen the light of day uh, or, or the light of a spindle, um, you know, for some 15-odd years. Um, to do two films today, uh, both, both 21 years old, and, uh, and I've got a niece that's that age now, so that firmly puts these films and me, I guess, into the, uh, into the old category. Um, so first up is another ex-rental tape. The uh, video stores of the of the nineties, the eighties, and the nineties. You know, when you see too many of them these days, you know they used to obviously buy up sort of like thirty, forty, fifty copies of these of these tapes to rent out, and after a period of time, you know, sold them all off because they didn't really want them. They still do it today. Um, you just don't really see it as much, but um, I do it with DVDs, I suppose. So, uh, um, so I picked this up on X Rental because uh, yeah, I quite I, I enjoyed it, uh, and I still enjoy it now. But it's. Um, there's some extra gold that can be mined from the trailers on, on these X-Rental tapes because they have trailers before in which you don't get, obviously, if I record them off of uh, satellite or TV or whatever. So, um, so the trailers on this particular tape, well, we've got Bullseye, and you've, uh, you've already heard that um, uh, sort of debacle. Um, then there's uh, Heart Condition, which is a Bob Hoskins and Denzel Washington film from the, uh, from the 90s, uh, 1990. All of these films are 1990. Um, who uh, Bob Hoskins plays a kind of slobby, racist cop who 
dies, and then he has Denzel Washington's heart transplanted into him. Um, and he can now see uh, Denzel as a ghost who was a lawyer who got murdered and he wants him to help him find out who murdered him. And it's a kind of action comedy. And I, I have seen this and I remember it um, being pretty bad at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I fancy rewatching that one. I do have it somewhere on tape, but um, I might give that one another spin. Then we've got a trailer for Cadillac Man, Robin Williams and Tim Robbins comedy. And maybe a little bit more on that in a minute. Then there is a trailer for The Freshman, a wonderful film, The Freshman, uh, Matthew Broderick. Uh, Marlon Brando, basically Broderick gets a job with uh, uh, Brando's uh, Carmen Sabatini who basically is Don Corleone character from uh, The Godfather um, it's a funny, funny film, if you've not seen it that is brilliant stuff, it is well worth getting, very really underrated film, uh, The Freshman then there's a trailer for A Shock to the System another Michael Caine uh, a film which is the same year as Bullseye this came out and it, to be honest with you, it looks even worse really really bad he does this bibbidi bobbidi boo abracadabra kind of shit in it and uh, yeah it looks really really terrible really bad trailer as well um, and then there's a trailer for See No Evil Hear No Evil the spiritual sequel to Stir Crazy Gene Wilder Richard Pryor um, but kind of woefully unfunny really it wasn't anywhere near close to um, stir crazy um so there you go so the year is 1990 all of those films uh, with the exception of seen over here evil um that was kind of being uh um re as in now you can get it you know for like a you know 10 pound on on sell through dvd they're all 1990 um i'm gonna leave the origins of the first time i saw this film because uh, to the end is both films today uh, i saw within two weeks of one another at the cinema um but there's a bit more to the story than that so more on that at the end a lot of pepper Kevin Klein, Tracy Orman, Joan Plowright, River Phoenix, William Hurt and Keanu Reeves in Lawrence Kasdan's I Love You to Death. Uh, an unbelievable story that's incredibly true. Well, loosely based, apparently, on a 1984 incident in Pennsylvania when a wife and her friends drugged and shot her cheating husband, unsuccessfully trying to kill him. Uh, he didn't die, and then she spent four years in prison after pleading guilty to attempted murder. Um, that might make for a, a reasonable drama, but this is a comedy, so they've got to play around with it a little bit. And, uh, and they do it quite well. Joey Boker, who's uh, played by Kevin Klein, owns, a, uh, owns and runs a pizza parlour with his wife, Rosalie, played by Tracy Orman. And they've got a seemingly nice life. They've got a couple of rugrats. His mother-in-law, Joan Plowright, lives with them. But business is good, you know, everything seems to be going quite well. Only he is a serial womaniser. He, uh, he, he's all over them, like a bloody uh, a rat up a drainpipe. Um, he also owns and operates um, some nearby flats that he, uh, that he hits on the women who rent from him um, successfully. Uh, he goes out at night and he picks up women. Uh, if 
fact, one of them in one scene is Phoebe Cates. She's in a little cameo role. He picks up and uh, and takes back to her place. Uh, and of course, Phoebe Cates was his uh, was Kevin Klein's real life wife. Uh, there's also Lacey, played by Victoria Jackson, who is not particularly well known, but appears in one of my all time favorite films from just the previous year, Weird Al Yankovic's UHF. Superb film, absolutely brilliant. Um, Lacey is uh, is one of his girlfriends who questions his morality a little bit, but um, he clearly wants he, he, she clearly wants him to herself, but he loves his wife. You know, he doesn't want to leave his wife. Um, she's the mother of his children. You know, so um, so he's, he's playing the field, but he also does just love his wife and he. he he doesn't want to uh, upset that, but he, he, he's, a, he's a man and he, he needs to spread his seed, is, is what he says. Um, his wife, Rosalie, is pretty oblivious to all of this, pretty oblivious to his cheating. Uh, but River Phoenix's kind of new age hippie uh, uh, Devo, Devo Nod, I think, or Devo Don, Devo Don, Devo Nod, who works at the Pete's house, uh, has a bit of a crush on Rosalie himself. Uh, he knows what's going on, but he doesn't interfere. After all, Joey is his meal ticket, it's, uh, that's his boss. Um, but Rosalie uh, uh, goes about a day, goes about a business, and, uh, you know, sort of, uh, if she ever, if makes a statement that if he ever cheated on her, she'd kill herself, you know. So that's kind of the setup as such. She returns some library books uh, to the library, and when she's sort of perusing the, the stacks looking for something else, she overhears and then sees her husband, Joey, moving in on another potential conquest. Um, and then, of course, you know, well, her world is rocked. You know, she's she's absolutely flawed for the fact that he is actually cheating on her. So um, she obviously, she says earlier on, she, she thinks about killing herself by overdosing on sleeping pills. She doesn't actually go through with it. And instead, with her mother, Joan Plowright, who has no love for the man whatsoever, they go about the idea of killing him, you know, that it would be a better world without him, that, uh, that uh, she would be better off without him. But so after initially a botched attempt to buy somebody, uh, a mother knows, to sort of bash him over the head with a baseball bat, ba- baseball bat they mix up a, a big batch of spaghetti, as you heard in the, in the little, little clip I played, um, and add a couple of bottles of sleeping pills into it, you know, make it nice and spicy and, uh, you know, with the intention of him, uh, um, you know, dying basically from ingesting all these, uh, these pills. But Joey actually likes it. He loves it. Nice and spicy, just like his mama makes. Um, he thinks that he's got a virus and he's feeling all sleepy and all that. And um, basically he, he, he has three bowlfuls and it, and it makes him sleepy, but it's not, it doesn't kill him. So after that, they call on Devo, come to the house to uh, to shoot him. They've got this little twenty two caliber pistol that, um, that Joey's got to defend himself from the earlier guy who was trying to kill, uh, trying to uh, uh, rob him with a baseball bat. Um, but so he comes around. He's initially not so keen, Devo, but it will do anything for Rosalie, anything because he loves her. He's got a crush on her. But all they've got is this twenty two caliber. And when Devo shoots him in the back of the head again, it doesn't kill him. He just kind of like it gives him a headache. In fact, when he wakes up uh, a little bit later after being shot and his blood all on the pillow and all that, he says, "Oh, I've got a bit of a headache. Maybe a couple of aspirins." You know, he's just been dosed up with two bottles of sleeping pills, but he's now asking for aspirins. Um, so after that doesn't work, then the trio turn to Marlon and Harlan, a couple of local drugged-up bozos uh, played by uh, William Hurt and Keanu Reeves to finish the job. But can they? And that's where the rest of the film comes from, is them trying to, to off Joey as such. You know, she, she loves him to death. It's directed by Lawrence Kasdan, who is uh, quite a major Hollywood player, really. He's not only the man who wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. He also did Raise the Lost Ark. He's also directed some pretty good films as well. He did Silverado, he did The Big Chill, he did Grand Canyon, he did French Kiss... Yes, he does like Kevin Klein, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he starred in all those films. He also did Wyatt Earp, the Kevin Costner one, which I really like. He also did Dreamcatcher, another film which didn't get a lot of love, but I thought was really, really good. Stephen King adaptation. 
there's nothing flashy about this film. It's pretty straightforward comedy, but it works. And it's 21 years old, but it still holds up. I still really enjoyed it. It, it could actually be released today, and it would still be mostly relevant. You know, I mean, we've moved on a little bit. You know, there's no mobile phones and stuff like that, and computers in this particularly in this film. But the story is still relevant. People still do this. Um, and I think that it would be a pretty reasonable comedy if it was released today or updated. Uh, everybody involved plays it well. Um, I've always liked Kevin Klein. I think he's a really good actor. And I think this was really in his heyday. You know, Fish Called Wanda, uh, January Man, really, really good film, uh, the, the January Man that he was in with Mary Elizabeth Manstrantanio. Um Soap Dish he was in, really, really good in that. A good film. Consent in Adults, eh, not so great, but he was good in it. Grand Canyon, good film. Um, well, I say that, but I remember it being good. I need to watch it again. I'm not seeing a long long time it might be a load of rubbish uh chaplin dave all these films were within a few years of one another that he starred in or was you know a major player in i've been less impressed with his later work though just recently you know he hasn't really done much um he has appeared in bob's burgers as a voice uh, which is probably the best thing he's done for uh, quite some time um the uh, although they don't come into it until about halfway through the film, though, William Hurt and Keanu Reeves are really great as the spaced out sort of uh, would be hired the replacement killers, I guess is what they are. Um, uh, they're fantastic. They kind of re- Keanu Reeves pretty much apes his uh, Ted Field or Logan character from uh, Bill and Ted. You know, he's pretty much doing the same thing. It was a couple of years after the first film, but a couple of years before Bogus Journey. But William Hurt is pretty much playing uh, the archetype as such for Jeff Bridges' The Dude. Um, um, you know, which wouldn't have been for another like eight years after this, but he's pretty much the dude playing it, and uh, they do play it very well. They've got a really nice little uh, little stick going to go out, and it would have been nice to have seen a kind of spin off with those two, you know, in 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 their uh, you know adventures, a bit like a kind of Cheech and Chong kind of thing. They could have really could have really played that out a bit better, but um, you know, there you go. Um, also appearing Dominic uh, Dominic Boker, Joey's son in the film, is played by the director's real life son, John Kasdan, who's pretty much been in everything his dad's done pretty much uh carly boker who is joey's daughter joey and rosalie's daughter is played by alison parter uh who didn't really do it hasn't really done a great deal much she kind of she kind of killed her career when she played curly sue uh yeah that's kind of like as far as she got she was going to be this big child star like macaulay Culkin kind of thing and then curly sue was what she chose to do and um never mind um you get an early appearance by heather graham as Bridget, she's uh, she's a young girl looking for an apartment, uh, so that's like setting up as a potential conquest for Joey, but it never plays out. She's a bit too young, really. Um, and there's a couple of Blinkit and You'll Miss cameos. Uh, you've got the director himself, John uh, Lawrence Kasdan, turns up as Devo's lawyer later in the film. And a really, really quick one from uh, John Billingsley, who uh, is a, a very, very... Um, uh, uh, full head of hair, Neelix from Enterprise as the police informants. Police informant, not informants, who turns up very, very quick, quickly. But um, it's easy to watch. It's 97 minutes. doesn't really demand a great deal from you. It's funny. It's actually quite darkly funny in places, but it's about killing somebody, so you should expect that. But it's well worth watch. Thoroughly recommended. Um, I've not seen it in a long, long time, and I really enjoyed watching it again uh, today. And, uh, and I think you should check it out. So... Benz. 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 Max Headroom. I'm talking emotional support. Emotional? Can you afford that? Yeah. Want to make it happen, huh? This emotional thing you want? And he loves... Why? Too many women. Yeah. You know when you want something? Mm -hmm. You gotta go out there. You gotta take it like a shark. 
something like that, so I should take you from underneath. Oh. Why'd I ever leave you, Tina? We were asked, Lee. Do you remember why? No. He has a little explaining to do. Ah! Oh, no. How many times he did that? I don't want to know where, I don't want to know how. Her too, and my wife, and his wife? How the hell you got time to make a living? Tony, what's he talking to you, Joey? This troll? Oh, come on, Lisa. Lisa? I knew you were doing a Lisa, Joey. No. What's that make you for? How many girls you got? No, well, Lisa's my daughter. You got him doing it, Joey. You probably got a wife, too. No, no, no. Wife? No wife, no. Ex, ex, ex. He's a busy boy, you and Joey. A very busy boy. Oh, Donna, Tina, Chuck, Lila, 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 L-I-L-A, Lila. Lila, listen, there's an explanation for this. There really is. Ow! Robin Williams, Tim Robbins. You got a lot of girls. It's easy for you. It ain't easy. Cadillac Man. Yeah, yeah, Cadillac Man. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, it was released just two weeks uh, of one another in the UK, uh, Robin Williams's Cadillac Man. Now, I only have this on a taped from TV version, and it's not in particularly good condition, which is why I captured the audio of the trailer, actually from the I Love You To Death video that it was, uh, that was from earlier on, um, instead of trying to capture an audio because it wasn't really coming out very well. Um to be fair, in terms of like you know, if this if I had this film on on X Rental or Self, you know, an actual uh, bought copy of it, it would probably have the same trailers on that I Love You to Death had on, you know, just minus Cadillac Man, but I love it more than likely anyway. Um, and there's quite a few similarities between the two films because Mr. Williams plays Joey, <laughs> must be Joey Week, Joey O'Brien, who's a car salesman, and wait for it, wait for it, a serial womanizer. Ah, two guys called Joey, both serial womanizers. There must be something to this. Um, we've got to get him together with, with Boca basically I think you know, there's a bit of a party going waiting to happen he's spinning quite a lot of plates this guy Joey he's got an ex-wife he's got two girlfriends on the go one of them mar- one of them's married he's got his teenage daughter goes missing early in the film and then his job is on the line if he doesn't sell 12 prestige cars by the end of the weekend over a big sell-off um, is, is the business he works for is basically being relocated and they uh, they need to they have a little competition on. He's got to sell twelve cars or he loses his jobs. Pretty much that's the way it, what it is. Um, there's a pretty good cast here as well. Pamela Reed is his ex-wife Tina. Fran Drescher and Laurie Petty are his two current girlfriends, Joy and Lila. Uh, you've got Anthony Powers, who turns up as Captain Mason, the, who's in charge of the um, uh, the police force that turns up um, in the film. And I always remember Powers, uh, Anthony Powers, as Jimmy Two Times in Goodfellas. Got to get the papers, get the papers. He stands out that way. But she's uh, Goodfellas was also in 1990. That's 21 years ago. Bloody hell. Annabella Shiora turns up as Donna, uh, and Tim Robbins has her husband, Larry who storms into the car lot when uh, Joey, uh, where Joey works, holding everybody hostage as he thinks that his wife is screwing around on him with somebody at the firm, uh, which she is. But uh, um, Joey owns up initially, says, look, yeah, it was me to try and sort of calm things down. There's, uh, there's also a bunch of less than agreeable customers, including uh, uh, Fran Drescher's character and her husband, who are coming to buy a car, and a couple of other uh, uh, people. And, of course, all of his colleagues who all wanted to stab him in the back earlier in the film because they all want him, not, not don't want him out as such, but they want to make sure they get their job uh, as a, over Joey. So it's uh, so it, Joey, like I says, owns up to sleeping with Donna to, uh, to Larry, and then it's up to him to really kind of sort this all out and uh, learn a little bit about himself at the same time, you know, every story needs a little bit of morality 
This was a couple of years after William's breakout hit Good Morning Vietnam, obviously, and then a year after Dead Poet Society. Um, I, I really didn't like Dead Poet Society. I know it's quite a you know, sort of a well-respected film, but it bored me. Um, and it played a lot on his kind of fast-talking, wise-cracking shtick that he had, you know, certainly in Good Morning Vietnam, um, to kind of sell this film a little bit. You know, that's kind of like what it played on. But it's kind of left for quite a while before he's allowed to spread his wings as such. You know, we spend quite a bit of time at the beginning of the film exploring Joey's several lives that he's got. Um, you know, he's leading at the beginning with, you know, his girlfriends and his wife and trying to understand things. And it's, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a whole Laurie Petty subplot about her wanting to be a designer and you see her trying to get into it. I mean, it's a bit of wasted time, really. It's not very funny. And, you know, it's kind of like you want it to get moving along. Things do kick up a notch, though, when Tim Robbins enters the film, probably about sort of like 35, 40 minutes into the film, uh, when he comes in with his, uh, holding everybody hostage he's got a automatic rifle um, that he fires off he, he blasts through the uh, plate glass uh, um, and holds everyone hostage and he's uh, everyone thinks that he's got this M2 plastique strapped to his bike and he's, he's got this detonator in his hand well maybe, maybe he is maybe he isn't we'll find out but um uh, I've always preferred serious Tim Robbins to his kind of comedic roles, really. But Larry, at first, he's, he's kind of a crazy Larry, really. Uh, you know, wildly firing his gun and shouting and screaming, and you know. But it, it kind of gives way a bit later as you kind of learn a bit more about him. You know, and you, it's a slightly different character, and you begin to feel a bit of empathy for him. And um, I actually think it's a pretty good role for him. He, he, he plays it well. Everybody else is mostly kind of background filler, really. This is really Williams and Robbins' gig, you know, as they kind of go through the whole. How do they get out of this? situation as such how does Williams get out of the fact that Robbins thinks that he's sleeping with his wife and how does what Williams get out of his life and his job as such um but it's there it's their show at the end of the day and whilst it's not a bad film it hasn't really aged as well as I love you to death and uh, it's just not as funny you know there's a couple of uh, moments in it where Robin Williams is allowed to do his thing but it's um, it's mostly by the book um directed by Roger Donaldson who's an Australian director who like Kasdan has given us some uh, some pretty good films as well like um Kevin Costner's No Way Out the Getaway, which I saw again recently, the uh, Alec Baldwin, Kim Basinger remake, uh, which actually stood up a lot better than I remembered. I, I enjoyed it much more this time around than I did when I first remember seeing it. Um, Species, the first one, which was very, very good. Quite like that. Um, Dante's Peak, now that's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. I, I really enjoy that film, Dante's Peak. Didn't, invo- didn't like Volcano quite so much, but it's not bad. Uh, recently did a film called The Bank Job, which is an absolutely superb little British film with Jason Statham. If you've not seen that, check out The Bank Job. Great little film. It's okay. Um, if you've not seen it and it's on TV or something like that, it's worth a watch, but it's nothing to go out of your way to see. It pretty much goes through the numbers what you'd expect um, you know, to get uh, to get these two guys uh, out of uh, out of the firing line at the end of the day. Um, I've put I Love You to Death on my buy list on Amazon. Definitely going to get hold of that. But Cadillac Man, that's going back in its cardboard sleeve. You know, if it never gets watched again, so be it. Now, I saw both of these films at the cinema back in the late nineteen back back in late nineteen ninety would have been October September October because I just turned eighteen um, when uh, when I started seeing this girl called Haley. And uh, I, I remember this quite vividly because both of these movies were date movies for me. Uh, say so I just turned eighteen; it was literally my 18th birthday when I met this girl, and I started seeing. Uh, uh, and I took her to London, uh, Odeon Leicester Square, to see uh, to see a film. Um, I actually don't remember her last name. <laughs> I may never have known it, to be fair. In fact, if I try and picture what she even looked like now, this is twenty-one years ago. I just come up with a blank. I can't remember what hair her color. I can't remember what color her hair was. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I guess it was never meant to be. But um, I took all the way to London uh, by train because I wasn't uh, I wasn't one of those teenage drivers. In fact, I didn't pass my test until I was twenty five. To see these two films, two separate dates, you know, within a couple of weeks of any other. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it didn't last very long, this relationship. Very quick, four-week relationship. In fact, last time I saw her was after seeing Cadillac Man. Um, I, I didn't think the movie was that bad, but apparently maybe it was. But kind of looking back on it now, um, you know, 21 years later, I think maybe, maybe just maybe, taking a, a new girlfriend to see two films about serial womanizers, maybe, just maybe, wasn't my finest hour, shall we say. So, um, but there you go. So uh, I first saw these films on cinema. I picked up uh, Lovely to Death on X Rental because I did enjoy it, and I do enjoy it still, and it's well worth checking out. So definitely get, get hold of that one if you can. Um, Cadillac Man, I, I must have taped it off tv or something like that because there was uh, there is uh, there is adverts in this version i've got but uh, but there you go and that um is this week's movie mug I'm, 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 I'm.